where else would you rather be than right here, right now? For Bills fans. By Bills fans. Only Buffalo is going to win it. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. Here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn. And welcome back for another edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn, Alex Jones, happy to be joining you uh, just shortly after the Bills crushing Monday Night Football loss to the Denver Broncos 24-22. The final score at Highmark Stadium and uh, Phil Disgust and Lament walking out of there. Uh, crowd was untoo pleased. 12 men on the field when... The field goal they tried kicking went wide, and yeah, unfortunately they lost this one, and this one's going to sting for a while. Yeah, that was, I think that's the lowest point since Rex Ryan was the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. I think that's the lowest point in Bills history in the new era of success. Um, His signature loss? Yeah, the Bills lost, the Bills well, did everything they possibly could to lose that game. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's one of those classic games. Like coaches would be like, "Oh, we didn't, we didn't lose that game. They won it." The Broncos did not win the game. The Bills lost it. Um, starting out with that James Cook fumble, which like just a great play by the cornerback, but then McDermott sticking to his weird rule of, "Well, if you fumble, you got to sit a quarter," and missing out on James Cook looking incredibly good. Then Gabe Davis goes across the middle, makes a very similar mistake, and is in the next series. Um, and just, I mean, Josh Allen losing concentration for half a second, him throwing that out route that was very clearly an easily picked ball that Dorsey kept calling and kept calling, which is probably one of the reasons Dorsey is no longer with the organization. Um, and the, the sad thing is, Quite a few times, that offense just looked world-beating. It looked like the yeah. offense of old. When they marched that ball up and down the field during the run game, that last two-minute drive, you really saw, oh, this is you, I started to think, like, hey, you know what? This is a building. This is a point to reach off. The defense played their butts off. Yep. They consistently were let down by the special teams who constantly – allowed returns to get to the other side of the 50. At one point, the starting point for a Broncos drive was the 46-yard line. They're the Bills' 46-yard. So it's one of those times where they just literally did everything they possibly could to lose that game, and it was the low point of this era. And honestly, it was something that somebody needed to get fired over. Originally, I didn't really think Dorsey. I thought Dorsey was a bit of scapegoat, but I've been listening to some people in the know, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of been ruinating it on myself, and it makes a lot of sense, right? Dorsey never adapted his game plan. He never changed. He never. That was the thing. Like, listen, we got to look back and think about Dable because there was a lot of frustration with Dable. You know, sometimes he didn't do exactly what we wanted him. But you know what? It always looked different. It always looked like he was trying to take advantage of something on the opposing team. It looked like he was coaching to go for a head coaching job, not to lose his job. Dorsey looked like he was coaching 
not to lose his job. And we're coaching not to lose your job. You always lose your job. Well, a, it was a tough pill to swallow. And I mean, this has been a stretch. The easier part of the schedule and they've lost games. They should have won that New England game. The more New England loses, the worse that loss, I think, stings. At least for me, it does. Every time I've seen New England lose since that game, which is twice now, um, it stung both times pretty bad. And the problem with that game was, and this is this is why Dorsey is no longer the offensive coordinator of Buffalo Bills, he never changed. He never added a wrinkle. He never, like... When you when you'd watch the Dable game plans against the against New England, there was always something different. I remember the two Isaiah McKenzie games where they almost like it was basically like we're just going to scheme Isaiah open every single play, and that's because that's what he did. He saw a weakness in their team, said, "You know what? They're not going to respect Isaiah McKenzie. We're going to throw it to him until they double team him, and then we're going back to Diggs." There was those Diggs games where they were literally like, "We're going to force you to play solo coverage against Diggs." and make it so you have to guard everybody else and we're just going to go to Diggs. And Diggs ate them up. And that was never a thing you saw from Dorsey was that, hey, I'm going to scheme up this interesting thing. The only time it really seemed that way was the Miami game this year. That's the only time that I can remember when Dorsey really schemed up the world, schemed up something new or interesting or conceptually different. And that's been the complaint about this offense is it's the same offense. It's the same offense, it's the same offense, same offense, same offense. There's no wrinkles, there's no adjustments, there's nothing. There's no, like, you're even just, like, some of the route concepts they're running are so not towards Josh Allen's skill set, simply because he has a strong arm. It's not because of any other reason. They just run these concepts because, and defenders have learned it, and then they just sit on it. And this team is too talented to be at the point they're at. You know, this this is just a good team overall, and there's no reason they should be a, a team that's close to, if not already, missing the playoffs. Like, genuinely, to make the playoffs, you might have to run the table. We'll bring in now Joe Brady, elevated from quarterback's coach to interim offensive coordinator. Previously offensive coordinator with the Carolina Panthers where he was fired, but the quarterbacks he had during his tenure with Carolina, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, and P.J. Walker. So not a great body there. This is, you know, second time around Cam Newton. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it doesn't hurt to get a fresh perspective and to mix some things in. Like I said, this offense, it just looks stiff to me. And we saw one creative play that didn't work in that Cincinnati game. There's just been no creativity, no flex to the offense that I, I hope to see just kind of a different pulse to it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, Brad. Like when, and our only frame of reference to Josh Allen is Brian Dable. Whenever Dable created a game plan, it always looked different week to week to week. It looked and felt unique. It felt like he looked at the opposing team, broke them down. Hey, this is their weakness. We're going to attack it. The Bills haven't done that with Dorsey. Like, genuinely, like, I was a big Dorsey guy. I thought he could turn it around. I thought he was, you know, uh, an innovative mind. But it's one of those things, all of a sudden, you start to realize, you're like, wait. Every game has looked the same for the Bills this year. 
Yeah. Every look is looked the same. Every single snap is looked the same. And so, you know what? Joe Brady coming in, he, he coordinated that insane LSU team that had a ton of draft picks on it, won a national title with Joe Burrow. You know what? He seemed maybe he just got a raw deal. I mean, before Dable came here, you looked at the offenses and it was like 27th, 29th, 31st. So maybe it's just, hey, you're putting a guy who was put in a bad situation, you put him around some talent, and he actually stepped up. Well, the Buffalo Bills will go ahead and uh, look to have a short-term memory they take on the New York Jets from Highmark Stadium, back-to-back home games for Buffalo. A 425 kickoff coming up this Sunday, a little bit chillier. Highs in the lower 40s, so it's going to be a cool one. No doubt. Uh, we'll see if the weather plays a factor, but this is a Jets team that's been reeling, a Jets team that the Bills should have beaten before. So maybe this is finally one of those games that they're supposed to win that they actually win. Yeah, and I, I think that's the tough thing coming into this week for Robert Sala and his um, group, his defensive group, which has been stalwart the season. And there's kind of this idea, when it, it is kind of, you know, it's a betting trend, but it is actually a real trend as well. When you see in-season coaching changes, the latest one was the Raiders. Teams tend to not have tape on it, so they really can't come up with a defensive game plan, whereas Joe Brady has tape on the Jets. Joe Brady knows what the Jets want to do on defense. He knows what their looks are going to be. He knows what their concepts are going to be. So Joe Brady can essentially bring his own stuff in using the language the Bills use and attack the Jets, and the Jets won't have, honestly, film to, to go on. You know, they, they could use the, the Panthers film or even the LSU film, but in all honesty, that's older film with different players. You never know what somebody like, if he, if he is a good offensive mind, which we hope he is, we never know what Joe Brady, a good mind like that's going to draw Some comparisons in this game. Buffalo comes in. Josh Allen has 2,600 yards passing on the season. 19 touchdowns through the air. 11 INT. Zach Wilson, uh, 1,863. Five touchdowns, six INTs. Uh, Right now, James Cook actually leading and rushing over Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall, uh, 615 to 521. One touchdown for Cook. Hall has two, and then, of course, Stephon Diggs uh, leading and receiving here. 868 yards receiving, seven touchdowns in the year. Garrett Wilson the other way here for the Jets with 642 and two TDs. Um, what matchups are you interested in in this game as the Bills look to try to salvage what's left of this 2023 season? I mean, we know what we're getting, right? The defense knows. We know what we've got from the defense. We're down to third stringers at some positions, and you're still having defensive success. The defense played their tails off, except for one play. The DPI on Russell, uh, that was really, it wasn't even a DPI. What happened is Jerry Judy just turned around and ran into Deron Johnson while Deron Johnson was getting his head around, which is going to get called, but it's not actually a penalty. If you read the rule, the rule as written, it's not a penalty. It has to be in the past in the process of catching a ball, and that ball was nowhere near Jerry Judy. Nowhere near. So, you know what? 
it, it's just one of those plays where you, and Tron Johnson, I think, said as much. He was like, yep, that was my fault. Like, I got to own up to it. So the key is, how does the offense look? If the offense is able to go out there, execute, and get us 28 points, we the Bills win. Bottom line, the Bills win. The Jets' offense is not getting 28 points. And it's just that. The Bills' just offense needs to go out there and get 28 points. They can get 28 points, the Bills win. So basically, Josh Allen should do the exact opposite of everything he did in week one. Not make stupid throws. Not try to play He-Man. Play safe sound football. Find his open lanes. Look at mismatches. Do what he's done well. Take the runs if they give it to him. Um, but, you know, be smart. Don't put yourself in harm's way. I mean, fundamental stuff that we've seen Josh do it. You know, go back to the Washington game. Go back to the Raider game. Go back to the Miami game. Games where he just played strong, fundamental football. Get back in that mindset. This offense will be good to go. Yeah, and that's exactly it, Brad. He just got to – he doesn't have to win the game himself. Josh Allen needs to remember he's part of a team. Right? That's the whole thing. He is not alone. And I think the, the Bills' offense is le- missing some of that calming presence. The most famous one to me was Lee Smith. I forget what game it was. Lee Smith was mic'd up. And Josh Allen threw a bad pick and comes off the sideline. He's like, man, that's my fault. That's my pick. And Lee Smith just like grabs him and looks him in the face. He's like, hey, when you scored, you said we did a good job. Hey, great job, everyone. That pick is on everyone. That pick is not on you alone. It is on everyone. Don't own, don't sink, sink, uh, don't make your losses a singularity and your wins a plurality. Everything's a plurality. We lose together as a team, we win together as a team. And I just don't know if there's anybody who can come on the sideline like that and say that to Josh and kind of almost be like a calming presence with him. And we miss that. You know, you miss that kind of veteran leadership, a guy who can just look him in the eyes, put 10 tones in the ground, and be like, hey, refocus up next play you got this because the game josh josh has made a lot of dumb mistakes but there's a there's quite a few games where he goes almost like hey like a pitcher well next batter up mentality i just i gotta strike out the next guy there has been more games recently where he compounds on those errors where he continues to make those errors and those, and that's part of the reason why, going back to the big news of the week, I think Dorsey was gone. There's no one who besets Josh anymore and gets him out of that mindset of, I got to make up for it. No, you don't have to make up for it. You just need to go out there and make the throw. Make the correct throw every single time we're going to march down the field and score. We'll see if the Bills can do that coming up this Sunday, 425. Kickoff at Highmark. Uh, find us online, drafthousesports.com, across Twitter at DHS Buffalo. Find Alex at TW Callahan DHS. Find me at Bills Bruiser. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House. All right, so the Bills and Jets squaring away. Jets coming in at four and five, Buffalo at five and five on the year. And uh, like I said, this is a game where. Buffalo absolutely has to win right now. They come in here uh, minus seven as they should be favored at home. Uh, This is a game they have to come away with.
Yeah, 100%, Brad. It, it, it's must win. Like I said at the beginning, it's, to be honest, you might have to run the table here to make the playoff. There's a lot of parity in the AFC, and there's a lot of teams who are kind of separated. There's, there's like nine teams right now who look like they could make the playoffs. So, you know what? You need to go through and win every single matchup just so in case you drop one or two down the stretch, you're in a position to succeed. Because right now, a lot of the losses are against the AFC. A lot of the losses are in division. And it, it's just set us up for failure, unfortunately, as an organization and as a fan base where, you know what, We're in, we have to. We have to win these games. Otherwise, you're starting to look at draft stuff and seeing who, hey, who can we take in the top 15? Is it worth to even consider the thought of maybe just tanking it out? Higher draft pick, easier schedule next year. Is it, is it, is it even if, worth framing the interest? If we are a top 10 draft pick, Brad, I'm, not, I'm dead serious about this. McDermott is fired. I, I think that's the end of Sean McDermott. This team went from a Super Bowl contender to a top 10 draft pick. You that's that's a has that's a fireable offense and it basically resets the clock on everything the Buffalo Bills have started and probably resets the organization so you're not a Super Bowl contender until Josh is in his ninth year in the league. As many probably recall who follow the Bills like we do. Uh, Brandon Bean was accused in year one of tanking uh, the day that, you know, or right there where they traded Sammy Watkins and Ronald Darby away, and the Bills ended the drought that year. I mean, I I don't believe that he would let this team tank. Um, it won't happen. Might be nice. Like I said, a higher draft pick and what have you, but... But you're, you're Brad, Brad if you, you only tank if you have somebody like Mac Jones, right? Yeah. Someone who's on a rookie contract who you're like, you know what? There's no hope for us to make the playoffs this year. So we're going to take another dice roll on a first-round quarterback, get that high draft pick. When you have a payroll like the Bills have, you simply cannot afford to shorten your window another year. Every year needs to be you going all in because now you're paying Josh $45 million, $41 million, whatever it may be, you don't have the luxury to go. And right now you're seeing the window shrinking even harder with, and let's be honest about it, on defense, Hyde and Foyer really showing their age in the game. They looked just a half step slow. They looked just a hair off all game long. And so the window is already slamming shut. Like it just is. And if you can get hot, push into the playoffs, either a wild card or the division, the Dolphins have a bit of a tough slate coming up. If you can push and get into those playoffs, the team who gets hot right towards the end of the year is normally the one who makes a big run. Example, the Bengals last season. The Bengals got hot, railed off like a six-game winning streak, and pushed it all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, and so it's just... You've just got to get hot and get after it because that if this team has enough talent and has enough talent waiting in the wings with guys on IR who could be coming back, somebody like a Matt Milano, a Daquan Jones, uh, Juan Miller seems to be getting better and better every single game. These are guys that you could bring in immediately and plug in to play. And if they come in for a playoff push where you're like, 
We've taken Dwayne Williams out and added Matt Lana. We've taken Kuna Ford out and added Daquan Jones and gave him enough time where he's able to get his body right. You start to become an incredibly, incredibly dangerous team, but this team's only going to go as far as the offense. I liked, one thing I liked from the Broncos game was the parity on the offensive side of the ball. It really feels like they established the run game. James Cook went for over 100 yards, and I, I think McDermott may have seen the error of his ways taking a running back out. Fred Jackson, I think, said it best with, I think it was with John Scott, where he was like, you can't take a young running back out when they make a mistake. It's almost like a shooting guard basketball. You've got to get a more look so they get back in that rhythm. It's all about rhythm. And I just think hopefully McDermott learned the error of his ways because Latavius Murray was ripping off four, five, six-yard runs. Mm -hmm. But if James Cook's in there, those are 10, 20, 30-plus-yard runs. We saw it multiple times in the second half where it was a run where Latavius Murray would have got tackled for seven yards. And Cook is just bigger, stronger, and faster than Murray and would just blow through the arm tackle and get to the second level. He almost took one to the house in the second half. Yeah. So you know what? You it, it needs to the Bills need to stop on the offense with that rotation and be like, you know what, James Cook, until you can't go anymore, we're gonna take you out. Because it's very clear certain positions and certain players aren't don't have the same hey, you know what, you messed up, you're gone for a quarter. Because Gabe Davis has done just a ton this year, just a bunch of times this year, fumble, uh, tip ball in the air for an interception, drop ball on a big death, concentration air. And he continued, and he has the most snaps on the offense of any player else that's Josh Hill. Yeah. It's just insane that it feels like McDermott might have some favorites of that. And I, just got to be honest, if a guy makes a mistake and you're saying, hey, everybody across the board, if you lead to a if you lead to a turnover, you're done for a quarter. I get it. But clearly that's not the case. All right. Well, we'll see what happens uh, this Sunday here. Uh, Bills come in seven point favorites hosting the Jets. Four twenty five. Um televised on CBS across the United States. Uh, so we'll look forward to this one coming up this weekend. Other final thoughts here, Alex? Um, it, it is. Uh, Greg Johnson put an interesting tweet out. He's one of the cover one guys does excellent work. If you don't follow him already, go give him a follow. He does excellent work for the Bills. A pretty controversial but well-evenly mannered take, which is an interesting thought experience. Essentially, he postured that, and while this is an insane thought, the Bills need to fire McDermott this offseason and bring in an offensive coach. The reason why is, it how by how much the NFL is driven by offensive coaches. No matter who your coordinator is, if you have success, they're going to be a head coach within two seasons, which means the offense is going to reset. You need to find somebody new to replace them. So if you leave, if you take McDermott out and bring an offensive coach in, bring in a really good defensive coordinator, the defense isn't going to take a step back, and the offense will then be permanently under a high high octane offensive mind. The only thing I highly disagree with this about is, it's assuming that you get it right. It's assuming you can find the exact guy to lead you to a Super Bowl. 
uh, I feel like offensive coordinators who go to head coaches have a high variance of failure. They're either Sean McVay or they're, um, oh shoot, what's his name? Just got fired by the Raiders. Josh McDaniels. It, you know, it, it's, it's either Zach Taylor or it's Matt LaFleur, who looks like he might be getting fired by the Packers this season. It is such a high variance of success to failure that is such a high gamble. It would be a high risk reward. You're also taking a gamble that somebody like a Daquan Jones or even a Matt Milano, guys who are here who may be looking to move on to other places if they don't want to resign, who liked playing for the Bills, but because it was Sean McDermott in this defense, would lead the team, which would lead to a talent drop. So it is an interesting thought experiment. However, it's just not one I think the Bills can undertake at this point because it is way too risky. It is a huge gamble that an offensive coordinator comes in and has success versus, um, you know, the, the, the foundation of success that's already here. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Find our work at drafthousesports.com and facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House. And, of course, Twitter at DHS Buffalo at TW Callahan DHS. That's Alex. I'm at Bills Bruiser. Again, uh, big thanks to Alex Jones here. Tune in for our next podcast here as we'll be talking uh, – Upcoming post-Thanksgiving game in Philadelphia. For Alex Jones, I'm Brad the Bruiser Icorn. Go Bills. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Available on Spotify, Odyssey, Prime Music, Audible, or wherever you get your podcast. An R Street Media Production.